Welcome to episode 11 of the Chasing Life podcast for June 14th, 2013. Oh, 2023. What? I'm a decade behind. <laughs> Wish we were back in 2013. Really? That would be our first summer together. The summer of love. Oh. No, I mean, I wish we were doing this stuff back then because we'd be so much further ahead by now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but we wouldn't be as rad as we are now. We've had some experiences in 10 years. <laughs> There's the understatement of the day. <laughs> we don't have a whole lot to talk about this week. Things are, I think a couple weeks ago, we talked about being ready to hit cruise control once the hay was done. And it kind of feels like... I mean, there's still lots of things that I want to get done. Yeah, but it doesn't feel like everything's as pressing as it once was. There's not a thing that... Sorry, I need to adjust my chair. No, there's not a thing that's like, this has to get done today. I mean, the water line, the drain line at the... Which is probably both a good thing and a bad thing, because it means that we can relax a little bit. But I think that also means that we end up procrastinating, and then that the list just gets exponentially longer. I mean, we did a lot of weeding today. Yeah, you did is, a lot of weeding. I planted some new plants. Yeah. I bought some plants in Montreal. Is that where you got those from? Yeah, I got them from the Atwater Market in Montreal. I smuggled them from Quebec. <laughs> I was say, I don't know. Is this a... Yeah, there's no border at the <laughs> province. So I took Maya and um, her girlfriend Amy to Montreal for the weekend, last weekend, for a graduation slash birthday trip. It was really fun. We had a really nice time. We were going to take the train and stay in in a hotel um but the train times are terrible and this is why this is why mass transit doesn't work in canada yeah it's so time consuming right like by the time you get in it's a whole day the train is fun and the train in itself is an experience but i don't mind driving so it was fine and with three it's different if it was one person you might yeah maya helped drive a little bit on the way up but then I drove all the way home because it was raining and nighttime and a little bit She's sketchy. She's not that experienced yet. Yeah. And Amy wasn't really comfortable driving on the 400 series highway either. So the last thing you want to do is take an 18 year old on the highway. Yeah. For the first highway jaunt. Like Especially that. Ed- kind of the other side of Kingston, Gananoque. That would be okay. Yeah. Probably better pretty, than here. Yeah. Our stuff down here is a little bit more dense. Slow going, two lanes. Like it's not, it's not quite so bad. There wasn't as much construction. We're both very fidgety. I think because we just like rolled in and hit record. Like we didn't have our usual preamble and. Literally ten minutes ago, you're like, "We're gonna record." Yeah. We need to do it on this week. It's Wednesday. We're two days late. Yeah, we didn't feel like doing it on Monday night because I think I was too tired from driving home Sunday night. I didn't get in and until quite late in fact like we weren't supposed to come home until monday but we ended up staying an extra or we ended up leaving an extra a day early just because i think we had seen all that we wanted to see and the prospect of sleeping in our own beds was very appealing and then you know traffic and construction would resume on monday so we were just thinking that it would have been a better drive on sunday night than it was on monday so I'm glad that we did that. And then you coach late on Tuesday, so. Yeah, I ended up coaching all of the classes. Not normally. I ended up coaching all five classes yesterday um, just because we got a crazy hailstorm that kind of rolled in and. It was like, what, 15 minutes? It was, yeah, long enough to do some damage to the plants. The the real hail part. I mean, it was raining for like, it was puttering for 10 or 20 minutes before that. And then all of a sudden. Yeah, so it started hailing um, at about 645. 
And then by 7.30, when I was teaching the last class of the day, um, one of our members comes from Strathroy and like a town seven minutes away and they had nothing but Mount Bridges looked like it had snowed. It was like in two different directions, like yeah. one south, one kind of, you know, south, one southwest, one southeast. And yeah, so strange. It was just like this band of terrible weather and it shredded my planters. Some of the broadleaf plants in my planters got wrecked and some of our new plant babies and got We were out weeding the big garden uh, this afternoon and assessing damage as we went. There's some of the tomatoes have a little bit of damage. Some peppers have some damage. Some of the tobacco has some damage. I hope it survives. I hope yeah. everything survives. I think it should by this point. It was weird and then it had that like cold ground feeling like you can yeah. feel the cold on the ground like like in the spring when it's warm outside and there's still snow on the ground mm -hmm. you kind of feel that like um, cold glow so hudson's daycare friends came over today for a little farm tour and a visit and they said that there was still hail in the chicken coop yeah the shelter didn't be on the that's yeah. on the the cold shady side. side so so just to circle back to montreal for a second um on Friday night when we got in, we just went out for dinner and did, got some groceries to take back to the Airbnb and just chilled out. But Saturday we went to a Nordic spa, which was really cool. And when I booked that, I booked it for me. I asked Maya if she wanted to go, but I don't think she fully understand what she, understood what she was signing up for. Um, but it was legit. Like some of the saunas were over 200 degrees Fahrenheit. And then some of the cold pools were like 10 to 15 degrees celsius like super cold i don't know what is that in fahrenheit 45 50 oh that's not that cold no it's not it's not that cold i had just listened to um andrew huberman on joe rogan like See, they did they do a few days before they will actually be in sub-zero water yeah like they joe keep was it from talking about like, salt joe was talking about cracking the ice off the top to get in yeah. that's that's a bit much. So they, they'll actually put out like a relatively high level of salt in it yeah. because it lowers the freezing point of water. And then they can actually get, so like the little bit on top will crust over. Yeah. But like, yeah, most of it's still. That's wild. Actually below freezing and circulating water. That doesn't make sense to me. So adding salt makes the water colder? No, it keeps it from freezing till it's colder. It lowers the freezing point of water. Why does salt work to melt ice then? If you put salt on a sidewalk. Because it lowers the freezing point. Oh, so it's, it's liquid it's not at a lower temperature, below zero. Oh, interesting. Pure water freezes at zero. Yeah, thank you. But salt water freezes, makes it freeze like a few degrees below that. So the salt actually melts it because it lowers the freezing point. So it doesn't, huh. it doesn't stay in solid form. And that's why salt doesn't work on roads when it's really, really cold. That's yeah. It had because it's still like when you get to thirty below, salt salt water will freeze. Interesting. Like when you go to the ocean, there's always a bit of water. Now that's more brackish, so it's got less salt in it. Is why that part freezes. Huh. But like you talk, well, I saw some meme on like a YouTube short on Neil deGrasse Tyson on Rogan, and he said like, that's the interesting part is like all of the polar ice caps and stuff are actually freshwater. Huh. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Science lesson. Yeah, today I learned. Uh, anyway, so here I was thinking that I was like, so I've, I've never actually Don't done... Don't get me wrong. 10 degree water is brutal. Yeah, it was pretty cold. Um, I have never done a cold plunge before. All the like tomfoolery that you've done with 
cold plunges. I have never been yeah. a part of that nonsense. Um, I don't know. It just didn't appeal to me. But I committed to doing it, like staying in the hot sauna. For they have like a cycle, don't they? Like they tell you to go like here, here. Yeah, I mean they they tell you when you get there what what to do, like what the protocol, so to speak. Yeah. So it's fifteen to twenty minutes in hot. So either, you know, any of the various saunas that they had there, they had dry saunas, they had steam saunas, they had ombromotherapy. There's probably like five or six different sauna situations that they had there. And then um, five to 15 seconds, depending on the the pool um, of cold, and then 20 minutes of rest. And they recommend that you repeat that cycle three to four times. I thought the girls would be into it for like two cycles and they'd be like, Let's get out of here. This is lame. We did it four times and they were just as into it as I was. And by the time I got to the fourth cycle, I went in, I found the hottest sauna because they each have a thermostat on the outside of them. Went to the hottest sauna that was like pretty much 200 degrees Fahrenheit. And they have little glass, like hourglass timers inside them. So you know exactly how long. You can't bring your phone in, obviously. You're melt or shut off like it'll be too hot in there so I flipped the the hourglass timer and just I really had to talk myself into staying in the entire time like it it was very challenging and then the same with the cold plunge like I wanted to stay in the cold plunge for like you know a cycle of five breaths in each position so I told myself like like Andrew Huberman was talking about the walls. You were talking about this, like just get past the next wall. So I would get in like up to my hips and take five breaths. And then I would get in to my shoulders and take five breaths. And then I would fully submerge myself. Obviously I didn't breathe underwater, but I did like, I counted four up, four down, five times under the water. I was surprised I could hold my breath (laughs) while panicking that long. And uh, it was challenging, but it was was really good. And then I was also surprised at my ability to relax for 20 minutes and not feel the need to scroll on my phone and, you know. This is why everybody's in love with cold baths now. You can edit this out or not, but the mushrooms definitely helped with that. (laughs) So I used a little bit of psilocybin while I was there. And that definitely helped me relax and not feel like I had to rush to the next thing it really helped me to like be present and enjoy the relaxation piece of it and and pay attention to like oh nice pay attention to um like how my body was feeling and reacting to the hot and then the cold so you can leave that in or you can take it out I've been wanting to get the pool up and going to be able to do the like in in the summer it won't be cold but it'll be colder than the hot tub so when i do the hot tub in the morning i want to get in the pool for like our pool is always cold it doesn't matter like last summer it was there was a couple of times where it was like high 70s into the 80s i was looking at it today going like oh man we should get this thing cleaned up but and and then feeling kind of like oh the kids are missing out but the kids would not have been in our pool up until this point like we have an above ground pool with no heat we've had like Like, three days over 30 there's not been like it's been dry but it was like 22 20 it was really hot that one week but it wouldn't have been enough to heat the pool up so that the kids felt like like swimming like it's still going to be now i would still get in it in the morning because that's what i was doing i did that in like december last year you're so weird I would get like out of the hot tub because we don't put a cover on our pool because we've lost almost every single cover we've ever put on our pool. So Again, because the wind makes yeah. things difficult here. So we, um, 
I would, yeah, like out of the hot tub and I would like, it got to the point where for, I could stay in there for about two minutes and just like, and walk in like nothing. So like, it does get easier the more you do. You probably found the fourth time getting in the cold wasn't as hard as the first time. Yeah. I think that I told myself that that had more to do with my level of commitment to it. Like the first, the first one was really hard. (laughs) Questioning your commitment is what you were doing. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Because I like the first time I went into the eucalyptus steam sauna, which so is you're already a little like tangy coming out of there. Yeah, totally. And then the the cold plunge that I went into had a waterfall. So the water was moving. And I think which makes it feel a lot colder. It does. And I, that was something that I noticed that it was it made me um like like panic a lot more like suck in and I had to really talk myself into taking a deep breath and staying in it until I felt calm yeah like, see that's one thing I found when I was in the pool there's lots of room but you tend to get in and just sit hunched in mm-hmm. and you don't realize how even your body actually heats the water up around you and you can feel it when you're in there for like 20 or 30 seconds mm-hmm. you move and all of a sudden it's like you know when you're moving through like the lake and you can feel the warm spot every once in a while, mm-hmm. like where there's a drip, there's a current. current underwater current. It's the same idea there where like you move a little bit and you can feel like where your body was heating up the water mm-hmm. and you move around in it. It's super cool. Yeah, and I miss doing it. It's been since December probably since I've done it. Yeah. We have lots of troughs that you could plunge in if you well, really wanted when to. When we finally tear that thing down and put a real pool in. When we get the tent, the extra tent yep. from Jess, and we find no, a I spare already, clawfoot bathtub. I already tried. What? The tent's gone. She she gave it away. She gave she, it to her brother. Really? Yeah. I she just offered it to us yeah. last weekend. Yeah. And she what, probably she, forgot. He took, he took, no, he took it home on Saturday after because he was over helping them with the birds. Uh, I messaged her yesterday, yesterday today, saying like, "Dude, like, what, what's the one I, that you have? How big is it?" Oh man. I told her that we wanted it. Anyway, our friends Jess and Jen have this really cool like framed canvas tent. um, And they do like a teepee wall tent, like a permanent canvas. Overnight glamping vacation. We wanted it just for us. Yeah. But I also want to steal their idea of putting it in a bathtub. They put a, a... That's at the house though, isn't it? It's up at the house. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, they put a clawfoot bathtub outside. Yeah. I saw that. I'd really like to do that. If we decide to put a canvas tent in a bathtub and whatever up in, in the back, just kind of as a. I always thought actually doing what I wanted to do was do a wood fired sauna, barrel Mm -hmm. sauna with the like bubble end facing over the field. So in the winter it would be like, that'd be pretty cool snow. And you're kind of sitting almost like it feels some actually have a bench in the bubble. So you're kind of sitting. Could you bury water deep enough that you could have water out there all year round? Getting it up into there would be the problem. Hmm. But I thought about doing, um, doing like a yeah cold plunge. Like I wanted to build that thing off grid, kind of not necessarily water. I just thought about plumbing water over. I was when I was in one of my relaxation sessions on Saturday. I was kind of daydreaming about what that space would look like. Yeah, I always thought about like trying to put like a wood fired uh, barrel sauna and a. Like a hot tub cold plunge thing. To have like a canvas tent with a big deck yeah. where you could put the sauna why, on it with the My first step tub. was find out how big the tent was mm-hmm. and then figure out what the lumber I need to be able to do that and what base I have to put in. Build a platform. It's like, yeah. It's a big platform. Building a deck in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And it's got to be able to bear a few thousand pounds. So you got to put posts and concrete. The other thing that I was thinking is you'd want to build some kind of like privacy. Yeah. 
shelter slash windbreak. So you'd have to put in some, either some trees or some fencing or something there. So it would cut the wind because the wind would, again, just probably take that tent and send it to the neighbor's house. That's what Jess said. She said these things didn't last the winter out in the field. She's like, they need a bit of protection. But to be honest with you, for us, if that's what we're going to do and not go like full on, I just take it down in the winter. Mm -hmm. Once you hit December here for three months, you're not going to go out to that thing. I don't know if it had... It had a little this fireplace is, in it. This is why I want to do the like a full like dome on that. I want to do like one of those like twenty six foot domes, with a wood stove, and I would run power anyways. And I'd probably do water in it, but you might have to winterize that. It probably yeah. wouldn't last. This is all future planning stuff. This is the stuff that we like. You know, we don't have anything to do. We're in a little bit of a downtime, and then we get really super creative because our brains are, you know, a little bit idle. So we start thinking about all of these fun projects that we want to do that excite us, and then. And that was the idea. There was like I'm guessing like you if you did that with a sauna and a wood fired hot, um, hot tub, and did like wood stove in the thing, and like actually put a solar panel and battery pack completely off grid, like. I don't know what some person would pay on Airbnb for that for a night. Yeah. You make what do they serious. call them? What are they like? Glamping. Uh, no, like they call them like eco adventures yeah. or whatever. I was like, I actually was looking at some of them. Could we get people to pay us to milk our cow? I'm sure. Like for the experience of like, come stay a night in the country Milk a cow. Collect so, eggs. So here's what you need to Clean do a chicken though. coop. So, so over, so <laughs> it's going to cost you $600 a night. So over on the B side, on the on the east side, we'll do like an off-grid eco-tourism, da-da-da-da, just with a hot tub and the thing. Over here, we'll build a little log cabin style thing. Mm. So it'll be just like homesteading way back in the day. Yeah. So we could do like the east side cabin and the west side cabin. No, be the the west side like farm cabin like not you have you got to be up with the roosters and do chores. Yeah, and then the east side is glamping. Yeah, hmm. that's where people come to do mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we could totally like make money and con people into doing our chores for us. <laughs> Also includes a toddler experience. <laughs> I mean, yeah. optional toddler add-in, $50, $50 extra per child per night. <laughs> we supply the toddler, by the way. <laughs> it's the best idea we've ever had. Maybe. Send him out there with a tub of ice cream, bubblegum ice cream, so he can pick all the pieces of bubblegum out of it. He didn't even bring up the fact that the rest of his ice cream was gone. He knew there was no, he, yeah. he, he knew there was no more ice, uh, no more uh, bubblegum in it. He didn't care about the rest of it. No, we went out for ice cream tonight and he with ate Bill's every parents. single piece. Yeah, pulled all the bubble gum pieces out of it and left the rest for dead. From the bottom up in a cone. Yeah, oh, man. I can't believe I convinced him to put it into a cup. Nope. He didn't fight me on that one. Um, so we weeded today and we went out for dinner. At, uh, well, we went, didn't go for dinner. We had dinner and ice no, cream. No, I made dinner, but we went out for ice cream because we went over to see the girl's new house. Yep. So we got the keys slowly, for the girl's new place. This is the slowest move in Ever. Yeah, and that's fine because, I mean, we got the keys for the house and then Maya had prom and I went away. We just, it's not, a. it's one of those things that's not high on the priority list. We do need to get the stall cleaned out so we can get Lionel <laughs> in there. But, um, you know, as far as getting the girls over there, there's no rush. And I think the girls are okay with it too. Like yeah. Maya's still Maya's, in school. Maya still doesn't have a license. So, well, she has a license, she doesn't have a car. So we're hopefully going to remedy that this week and get her on the road so that I don't have to keep picking her up from work or 
paying for paying a taxi. for a taxi so that she can get back and forth to work. Yeah. So that'll be a huge burden off our shoulders when Maya can get around by herself and and then school will be done and we'll have a little bit more time on our hands to get her moved over there. That'll make things a little bit easier when school's done. There's no sense of urgency there, which I mean, again, is sometimes a good thing and a bad thing. Like when there's this a sense of urgency, you find the time to get things done that need to be done. But when there's no timeline, I find that's when I procrastinate so much. I'm just kind of like, ah, we'll do it tomorrow. Yeah, but I think right now we need the we need to not do that thing. Yeah, we need the chill time. That's just dealing with the day to day. Yeah, everything that has to happen here is enough. Well, and then trying to do something with all of this milk that Ruby's been <laughs> producing. Yeah, so somebody's making cheese again. Yeah. Round so two at cheese making. This is round three. Three? And I think I, I tried a different recipe. I picked up a different book. I think I was maybe using a little bit too much rennet last time. Because this recipe calls for much less rennet. And it, the cheese curds are a lot softer. But maybe that's just this recipe. I don't know. I'm so mystified by cheese because it's literally the same three ingredients. Like milk and or cream, rennet, thyme. Sometimes you add cultures depending on the recipe. So depending on the type of cheese you're making. This particular recipe is a, a cow's milk feta and it called for some um, mesophilic cultures. So some some you know, probiotic type creatures to culture the milk before adding the rennet. So it sat with the cultures in it overnight. And then I put the rennet in in the morning and then it sat all day. And I was like stirring it going, oh man, this didn't work. Like the curd is so soft. It's not like, like cubed and squidgy like I'm used to seeing. But I put it into the molds with cheesecloth and it's looking like something. And I tasted a little piece of it, and it it doesn't suck. So we'll see. It's got another... Looks like cheese and is edible. Yeah. So tomorrow I'm going to make a brine solution and put it in a brine solution like you do with just regular feta. And then let it sit for a few more days in that brine. And then you take it out of that brine and then store it in a fresh brine. Salt it and put it in a fresh brine. So it's, it's a lot of steps. So, so when are we selling cheese? We're not. I. This is not something that I want to do a large scale. If you get sh- cheese from Sherry. Yeah. You are very, very, very dear to me if you get gifted some cheese. Um, I am probably going to make some butter tomorrow, though, because we have an abundance of cream, which is pretty cool. We're not drinking enough coffee. Uh, <laughs> speak for yourself, homie. I drink enough coffee for both of us. Me too. Um, what else? Sometimes I have a whole Chemex before you even get up. I made yogurt this week too, and it didn't work. And I'm, again, I'm so mystified by it because it's like, it's, it's the same. Like I made it exactly the same way that I did last time and it, it didn't work. I just wonder if maybe I didn't get the milk up to the right temperature before I put it in the jars because I was making cheese, making yogurt, trying a different um, I was trying, uh, I think it's called Lebna. You basically strain yogurt through a cheesecloth and it makes like a cream cheese. Like you take all of the whey, the rest of the whey and liquids out of it. And then it makes like a creamy, oh, you know what I should try? Find a recipe for <laughs> Kymac. Yeah. Do you remember that cream, mm-hmm. the creamy spread from 
that we used to Black George. get out the back door. Oh, what was it? Cantina. Man. I'm going to search that. I'm going to see if I can find a recipe for that. How hard can it be? <laughs> just as hard as cheese. It's just the same three things. Yeah, it, totally. You just need a Serbian guy to stir it for you with his mustache, I guess. <laughs> he has a mustache or he's no, using he, it to stir? He uses his mustache to stir the Kymac. He filters the, the milk through his mustache before. That explains a few things. <laughs> This is how Kaimak is made. So you were busy early this week with cheese. Didn't t- I didn't really tell you the whole like adventure with the chickens. No, I kind of got the the sh- abbreviated version of... I'm surprised Hudson didn't tell you. He didn't tell me at all, but he was telling Katie. Yeah. Like he told the babysitter that what happened, but go ahead. Before the big storm. Tell me a story. Before the big hail storm. It was on the weekend, wasn't it? It was on Saturday? Yeah, we were just like ripping around in the gator, just killing time, doing things. And we came up and I noticed, I'm like... Wow, some of the chickens, some of the sassos are like venturing out further because they don't go more than about 10 feet from the coop. So I saw like a brown chicken in the middle of the field and I was like, <laughs> oh, they're moving around. Like they're going to visit the other chickens. And I was like, wait, wait a there's second. a that's a lot of, there's a lot of light. Wait, a, wait. And then I realized it was the broilers. Mm-hmm. Somehow, it wasn't even that windy. Somehow the broiler pen flipped over. Hmm. The rock, Like we've got rocks and a bunch of weights and stuff on top of it because another thing that I haven't finished because it's not urgent. <laughs> Um, it was like it's like doing the baseboard on your house. Yeah, you can move in. You don't have to have baseboard. <laughs> but it was like forty feet over from where it was. Like it was almost against the the fence. Jeez. And there was like three groups of chickens just like all squatted down in the tall grass. And the grass is tall. Yeah. So me and Hudson and Bo ran out there, and then we flipped the pen back over, moved it over to kind of where it should have been, got it all back together, and then I was like, "Okay, hey, Hudson, start rounding up chickens." Yeah. And you can imagine Hudson's chicken gathering run. Yeah. Totally. Arms out. But he was squatting. legit like Bo was standing there like going ooh, 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 as like <laughs> pointing at chickens all over the place as they got close. He was just standing beside the chicken pen. Yeah. And then Hudson was like actually helping me like bring the chickens up to the chicken pen. Yeah. Hilarious. So he's like running around. He's like, there's one over here. There's one over here. He's so funny. He but was... he wouldn't, every time he would try to get down to pick one up, he'd have one all like cowering. Yeah. And like he would touch it, but not grab it real quick. And yeah. the thing would like take off yeah take off on them so a good thing about those fatties is that they can't run very <laughs> fast <laughs> so if you're gonna lose a a bunch of chickens the broilers they're too chubby to run <laughs> i'm too fat to run <laughs> they waddle around pretty good, but. but that's i mean the rustic ranger is actually better Aww. at that like actually and you didn't out. think to like get your phone and take a video i i, the, I think my phone was in the gator because oh. usually when i get in the gator i throw it in the center like in the little, little cubby whatever oh that would have been gold i would have i would have liked to see that you and mike <laughs> chasing chickens in the field speaking of mike he popped by this week he gave us the stopped a-okay in, stopped in for a visit on tuesday he was on his way by and popped in to see our our baled hay and he gave it a punch and thumbed up and then he left <laughs> did he say anything yeah we chatted for a little bit yeah I said, I well, mean, believe me, I wouldn't be surprised if he just came in and like no words were spoken. He just, I like, was, yeah, I was finishing up from class. It was uh, 1030 on Tuesday morning and I was just finishing up the coaching the 930 class. And it was a busy class. So there's people everywhere, cars in the parking lot. And I think he, he didn't want to be too much of a, a bother. So he just kind of came in and he was on his way by. So he just popped in to check. Where's the parts? For the yeah, family? I was about to say that. <laughs> so. We still haven't seen the parts for our 
bale wrapper that are missing and our 10 rolls of wrap that are supposed to be showing Your fingers up. Fingers crossed. Jeez Louise. And so I, I've been, this poor guy is probably so annoyed with me because I've been messaging him saying like, hey, we've got bales of hay that are now garbage in the field. Uh, where's, do you have a tracking number for me yet? So he finally said that um, Monday it was supposed to be here on Wednesday and Wednesday has come and gone and we don't have parts or and it's shipping Canada Post, which I thought was really weird. They have LTL stuff. They do small packages, like larger. Packages. Who do they hand it off to? Canada Post. Like it'll be. It won't be the mail carrier. It'll be somebody different. Huh. Canada Post has their own postal stuff. Well, it it's not here. To so. be honest with you, they're actually one of the best. Well, our stuff isn't here. So, and you know what I was, else I was thinking isn't here is the wheel for Hudson's Strider bike. I was thinking that the other day. And I looked on my credit card and it, it went through, but I don't have any like shipping confirmation or anything. So I'll have to do some digging into that. I ran over Hudson's bike. He left it in the tall grass and I ran over it a couple weeks ago. So had to order a new front wheel. Hudson hasn't had a bike in a couple weeks. He's going to be ecstatic when that comes in. Yeah. Or just not really give a rip about it. But Oh, no. I think he's going to be like, just. Yeah. We'll see. Well, um, he was super excited to have his daycare friends over today. They came for a farm visit? Yeah, they came for a little farm tour and he was so proud. It was really cool to see him. Um, and it, Katie had said it yesterday when I picked the boys up, when I was chatting with her about coming over, she said, Hudson is such a little leader that it'll be really nice to see him like showing his friends around and that's exactly what happened like they you could see the van bouncing when she pulled in the driveway the kids were so excited to be here and piled out of the van she brought five boys so there were seven boys running around the yard and Hudson and I had so I put Ruby in the shelter and I put Lionel in the calf hutch after milking this morning and then went into town in for preparation so that yeah you could... so everybody was where they were supposed to be when Katie came over with the kids and um, went into London for an appointment. And then when I got back, Lionel was still in the calf hutch, but Ruby was out in the pasture. Where there was a door in front of. Like, how did she get in there? Like, how, how, and the back door of the barn was open and the gate was open. So, like. She could have just been inside munching on all the oats. I, she could have been probably out the front door standing in the driveway because she, if she would have gotten all the way through the barn, she could yeah, have the wooden doors gotten out latched. the side door. Like any number of things could have happened. But I wouldn't be the first time she's out in the middle of the driveway. No, I was somewhat puzzled how she got there. So when Katie came with the kids, I walked her back up to the shelter so that the kids could safely get a good look at her. Um, because I mean, the oldest of the children that she brought is five. Yeah, like and she's not a big fan of Hudson. Seven children under the age of five squealing about the cow <laughs> so you can imagine like ruby's not super jazzed about the whole deal so i put her in the shelter and then um said okay let's go see the baby let's go out and see lionel well doesn't ruby push the door of the shelter away and stick her big fat head through like that's how she got out so she just pushed the door away from the track enough that she could squeeze herself out and uh so mystery I, solved yeah mr that's what hudson said oh mystery solved because <laughs> he, like, <laughs> he we were kind of 
you know, talking it out. Like, how did Ruby get out of here? Like, Hudson, what do you think? Like, in looking for clues, looking for, like, the tracks. Like, I didn't think that there was enough room for her to get out under the fence, but the grass was a little bit trampled. But it was probably just from me putting hay and water in there today. Or you fixing that fence board yeah. before you left. Um, So I had to stand against the door to keep her in the shelter while the kids, you know, went around and looked at all the the animals it was like a little petting zoo and Hudson was the the leader so they went over and they looked in at Lionel for a little bit and then they went over and looked at the broiler chicks and I wonder what he said to them about the broilers so I could hear Katie asking him if they were laying birds or if they were meat birds and I didn't hear Hudson's answer so I asked Katie afterwards like what did he say when you asked him if they they were meat birds or laying birds and she's like Ah, he just said, I don't know, but he was distracted and like took off and like on to the next thing. So I just wonder what is sharing with other kids about like these actually are going to be meat and then yeah. knowing because it's different with beef because you see a cow and then you eat beef. Yeah. But with a chicken, the animal that they associate with the thing on their plate, like it's the same. When you know, you it's serve so funny chicken. that you're saying this because I was just thinking about this this morning when I was driving I think I was driving to my appoint- our appointment in London and I was thinking about like when we have chicken for dinner, it is the meat is the name of the animal, yep. but we don't call beef cow. You don't serve a guy's steak and it, say, here's your cow. Right. Yeah. Or the same with pig. Like I just thought that it would A, be comical if we started doing that <laughs> and B, that it was interesting because I remember the moment when Hannah specifically made the connection between chickens and chicken and chicken wait is this chicken (laughs) like chicken like 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 yeah that's and like hudson just has that that could go one of two ways right like your kid is now all of a sudden going to be a vegan or they're gonna be like oh cool and then keep eating their dinner like yeah, it's so funny that you brought that up because I was thinking that exact same thing. And like, how would you explain that to a kid that hasn't made that association yet, right? Like, I mean, what did dad, dad, dad tell you the story about Dennis's bringing home a girl from the city? Hmm. You've not no. heard this story before? No. So you know Dennis, my dad's buddy. Yeah, of course I know Dennis. <laughs> I was looking through my contacts in my phone looking for the dryer repair guy's phone number. And I was like, oh, I have Dennis's phone number. Yeah. I should shoot him trade, a message. Trade chicken photos. <laughs> so he, when he was a kid, he was brought home he dated a lot apparently my dad says it's a pretty popular guy your mom included yeah actually <laughs> um so what he said like they were sitting at the table and this is like old school farmers like you know 10 cows and and a milker you had to clip into the ceiling mm-hmm. and she said like his mom poured the last of the milk and oh here dennis go get more milk so he grabs the pitcher runs out to the barn comes back with a pitcher full of milk and the, this girl from the city that he brought home is like where did that come from Mm-hmm. He's like, the barn? She's like, what do you mean? Like, because to her, milk came in a bag because we serve milk in bags in Canada. But um, yeah, it came like, that's how they drank. She just could not believe that that was the milk that she was drinking. And same I idea, have like, a hard time understanding how people <laughs> live their lives not knowing. Like, I can forgive our ignorance in some farming practices like there are certain things that we're coming up against that like there's no way we could have known it until we get into it but like not knowing that milk at some point 
comes from a cow at a farm. I just don't <laughs> like and, and and a like a grown person, not I mean, a child. She would have been not, eighteen or okay, but not like not a toddler, no, not no, a no. child, like a, a person, like a <laughs> an adult almost. Man, I don't. We had people surprised that she had to have the baby before we had milk. Yeah. I can I can maybe forgive that a little bit because when people think about their like when you say it, people are like, Oh yeah, that makes sense. Like how do you just all of a sudden start milking a cow? But Yeah. We she PR'd her milk yesterday, didn't she? Yeah. So I milked I came She out. was holding up for you all weekend is what she was doing. You think so? I got Yesterday was only mo- Tuesday though. Most I ever got was four liters. So I think I just hit the timing exactly right i came out immediately after coaching class yesterday morning and i'm going to try to do the, th- the same thing tomorrow morning um so i came out like five to seven well, well lionel was still lazy i think they were on. still laying down yeah and um he hadn't got a chance to get his morning feed in yet and i got her out and got them separated right away and i milked probably it was a heavy milking. I could tell when I took it out of the bucket that there was a lot there. So I separated it right away and I got three and a half liters of cream and two gallons. So probably another eight liters of um, like skim milk. Insane. Yeah. Such that a good milk. cream is So crazy. this is why I'm going to have to do something. we did seven liters cream. the other day and got one cream. Yeah. Yeah. It's that morning milk, right? It's like surprising it's so sometimes how much variance there is in that because mm-hmm. i think well, i don't think a lot of people know the difference between cream and milk like how do the how does that come to be i mean yeah. everybody said the cream always rises and they say the saying but nobody really i don't think with homogenized milk that you buy in a store now there is no cream rising to the top no they blast the the fat globules yeah. so that it it mixes more homogeneously that's it, homogenized milk no matter whether you get one per, you know, skim milk, 1%, 2%, no matter what it is, it all like d- doesn't separate. And I think because we've been drinking raw milk for so long, we're familiar with that <laughs> process. But I imagine to some, someone would think that there was something wrong, wrong with, with it or milk, that yeah. it was bad. Like, oh, this is, what's this on top? That is the best part. Yeah. Like, it's inconvenient to scrape it off and to scoop it out. But man, that is gold, literally and figuratively. Like, the color is so golden. It's like so rich her her cream is like you could stand a spoon up in it it's so thick so she's doing well she's she's milking well i want coffee now yeah. you just have we... cream and i'm like my mouth is watering for coffee so i've got probably about three and a half liters because we had some cream in the fridge already so i've got quite a lot of cream in the fridge and there's more in the barn fridge so I'm going to have to do something with that, make some butter. And then I also have to remember that there's going to be lean times when we dry her off before her next calf. So now is the time to be making all of those things. Now is the time to be making the butter and storing it. I put a whole bunch of milk in the freezer just in case we do end up getting a freeze dryer. I can freeze dry some milk. The boys have been digging chocolate milk lately. So I made homemade chocolate milk syrup. I don't know if I've mentioned that before. Should maybe put the recipe up for that one because it was pretty tasty. Yeah. But again, um, you got to like shake it real good before you drink it. The chocolate milk? Yeah. Well, because the chocolate settles yeah, at the bottom. And, and the fat settles on the milk. It does. It's so 
delicious. Oh, it's awesome. the best thing ever. And an Oreo cookie. I, I wouldn't know about the Oreo cookies <laughs> there, Big Shoots. Me and the boys ate a package of Oreo cookies. <laughs> Black teeth. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> there was a lot of wiping Bo's face. Yeah. It was pretty. Good thing our dryer is broken and I can't do laundry. Got to use the clothesline like yeah. a homesteader. Like a real homesteader, right? That's all right. The parts are on order. Well, you're, uh, you just like come out, weed a weed part of a, a section of the garden and bring the, check the clothes, bring them in, fold them all up, bring mm. up the next batch, weed a little bit more. Let me get my just like a homesteader. peasant dress and flowered skirt. And, man, there are some um, conveniences of the modern life that I am not willing to give up. And a washing washing machine and dryer are one of them. Like, I like the idea of hanging clothes on the line, but call it my ADD or just our schedule. Nine times out of ten when I put clothes on the line, I forget about them. They stay out all night. They get bird shit on them. And then I have to start all over again and wash them over. So like Don't you have towels hanging on the line? I do have towels hanging on the line. See? This is like so now they're gonna be all covered in bird shit and I'm gonna have to wash them again. And that will be the third time that this load of towels has been washed because they sat in the washing machine for too long because our dryer is broken. Like our family's um volume of laundry <laughs> we're gonna have more laundry no, more uh outdoor laundry line than uh, gardens put in i'm a bit salty about the laundry because it's one of those like perpetual tasks that is like it never ends especially with a family our size like i had the so our I, i'm not good at laundry at the best of times but i had the laundry pretty much caught up before i left for the weekend i wanted to make sure that the boys stuff was all folded and put away so that you didn't have to be looking for clothes that it, like that part of the day was made easier for you and the floor was clean like there was no laundry piled up on the floor and then somebody came down and we know, we know who somebody is yeah dumped her entire laundry basket in front of the washing machine and piled it right back up again but then of course couldn't do anything with it because it's the machine's broken. So the dryer's broken. The, the dryer, knob the, on the dryer's broken. Yeah. The dryer works fine. It's just the knob is broken. And we've made it even worse by trying to use needle nose pliers. <laughs> the, the repair guy said to me today, um, I said, I think I might need, I definitely need a new knob and I <laughs> may also need a assembly. He's like, the timer? I'm like, maybe he's like does, does the stem come separate from the timer he's like, does the stem still look like a d i'm like hell no and he's like yeah you need any one of those <laughs> yeah so that, could order a new knob for 3.95 yeah he said the, the knob is 12 bucks so if we would have ordered a new knob three weeks ago instead of trying to use needle nose pliers to dry our clothes a rusty pair of needle nose we could have saved ourselves 80 bucks plus labor I, I would to be honest with you i would have said a lot more than 80 bucks so that's not the worst news i've heard well i think his hour of time is going to cost us more than the parts so but he's a good guy this is the guy that came and like repaired a washing machine for us so that we would have a backup that's quite kind of him. Yeah, we have we actually have two washing machines in the basement because mm -hmm. one was not working. So do you know what we need to do? Because the knob that we were using 
is, is off the one. spare washing machine. So we have to make sure that we put that knob back. So that if we <laughs> ever need call to them back and go, hey, can we get the other one that you fixed for us? Can we get a knob for that? Can you bring the knob for the washing also machine? Also the assembly behind it because we used to burn <laughs> needle those wires. Oh. I'm glad you can laugh about it now because... Last week when I asked you to start the dryer with the needle nose pliers, you were not laughing. You were quite frustrated. I couldn't find, with the... I couldn't hide my needle nose pliers. Like I'm just, I'm I found needle of... nose vice grips. I don't think yeah. I've ever seen needle nose vice grips before, but I found a pair. They were just too bulky to get into the. the yeah, the head on those was a little too big. You couldn't get it in there. Interesting days <laughs> at our place for a dull moment, man. Yeah. It's true. Well, I mean, you said it the other day. It's like, can anything ever just be easy? And I think like this is the approach that you have to take to it. Because like I said yesterday when we were having a chat about it, like there are so many moving parts to our lives. There are so many opportunities for things to go awry. We have five children. We have three teenage girls. We have two, two toddler boys. Two of them driving their own two cars. Two of the girls are driving. A second home now. Hannah, or one just graduated from high school. One drives to work every day. Like if you think about the opportunities for shit to go wrong, there are a multitude. So I think you just have to put things into perspective a little bit and go like, everybody's alive. Everybody's okay. I mean, it's a pain in the ass that our dryer is broken and I'm going to have to spend, you know, a whole bunch of hours in the basement getting caught up. The hail the other day was an interesting one too because like when it mostly died out, you were coming back in the house, but I took a rip around the gator just like checking all the things mm-hmm. going like, ooh, like because my construction skills aren't exactly the best. Yeah. I'm like, I've, every time there's a bit of a wind, I'm looking at the chicken coops and the this and the that. But I think like that healthy dose of perspective from time to time is like, <laughs> no one's dead. Everyone's healthy. Like, animals are fine. You know, we're, we're doing the things that we want to do. And yes, like day to day, there are minor inconveniences, sometimes major inconveniences. <laughs> But like I mean, the same thing. Like when Hannah's car died, it was like seriously. Like it took us this long to get. Yeah, but in the grand car shop but in, the, in the grand scheme of things, right? Like we're doing okay, and I think you can you can lose sight of that really really quickly if you're just focusing on like the minor annoyances that come up day to day. Because like I know I do it. Like if I start my day thinking about like you know how difficult it's going to be, all of the things that I have to do and get done. You know, I'm short tempered with the boys. I'm annoyed because my to do list is getting long. I'm I'm focusing more on the things that aren't getting done rather than the things that are getting done. And I think like it's easy for for that to get away from you. So kind of like slowing down and just taking some time to like appreciate what happens here in a day. <laughs> Right? Like, oh, I've said it before. Like, people that cut, that ca- they're like, oh, I'm just so busy. I'm like, ma'am, mm, I don't think so. Mm. I think you got some more time there. Yeah, we all have the same number of hours in the day, right? And I think, like, I don't know. I call it the Instagram flu. If you look at Instagram and you see what everyone else is doing and you get into that habit of scrolling and thinking that everyone else has their shit figured out, they don't. They fucking don't they're liars well, it's I an said, illusion like, it's a, a, it was funny when we opened the gym and people were like 
Okay, but what do you do? <laughs> what do you do? Because <laughs> it is kind of odd. Like, yeah. we've got all this other stuff going on. They're like... Yeah. We run a business. We have a big family. You run a business. You run several businesses. <laughs> yeah. We take care of animals. We garden. And the fucking best day I've had in a long time was sitting on the tractor. Like no, none of that. Bailing hay. Nobody, oh, not, yeah. nobody else bugs you. Yeah. It's like no, nope, you're doing hay. Yeah. Right? So what are we gonna do with the rest of the hay out there that needs to be cut? Mow it down. Wait for a second cut. Yeah, I think that's a good plan. So I think we've missed our window to take the rest down for first cut because it's. The weather hasn't been on our side. It's going to take a bit to dry. The clover has all gone to seed. I think our best bet at this point, I sent Mike a text to see what he thinks about that plan, but we're just going to knock it down. Open can't, up the- Can't let it grow because the undergrowth stuff, all the short the short plants that we want, the fescue and stuff will die out. Mm-hmm. So you got to knock it all down. And we've still got time. Like we're still mid-June. So we've got, you know, oh, yeah. two months of growing for that grass to do still. I think we could still get a really decent second cut if we- Knock it down. At, especially after the rain the other day. You look at the, mm-hmm. the what we already cut, everything. And That's it's, what I'm saying. It's, like it's there's, noticeably higher again. There's more rain forecasted. So I think if we can get out there and knock it down before the next rain comes, then we're going to be a little bit ahead of the game. And that seed from the clover will be spread. So maybe we'll even get it to thicken up a little bit. I don't know what the the lead time on clover is. but And then open up the, the bales, the failed bales, so to speak, and just get them munched up like composted up yeah i think uh yeah i, I was kind of running through the math earlier realistically we're figuring we probably only need about 50 bales of that baleage there's mm-hmm. 53 there mm-hmm. but i said i would almost like to get double because i think what we're gonna if you look at if, i was thinking of this today actually this is why i think why ruby was a little off because i was thinking about eating her kid <laughs> I was just kind of like assessing it, going like, well, if he's this low age, we'll have her bread again, da da da, and doing all the math down. And I think we end up having to feed three cows most of the time. Do you think we're going to keep Lionel that long? I don't know when we butcher him. That's a big thing we got to find out. Because mm-hmm. I, I don't, I, th- I, I think it's more than a year. So there's going to be a time now. If it works out to be next summer, and he gets butchered next fall, then that's free feed mostly, right? right. We feed him through one winter. And I, you know, if we I was keep thinking them again, and we want to do the same thing. Now we end up with, with, you've got so theoretically, if they're two, you've got a two-year-old cow math. Yeah, so you're always going to have three. You got your your yeah. active milking cow. You've yeah. got you've got Lionel, and then a yearling and a calf. Yeah, yeah. So that'll be so. That's the same sort going like that. We don't need that now, but eventually, I think it's easy enough to get 150 or so bales of that baleage, and you don't have to feed the beef cows all that much baleage. You can give them dry hay. Mm-hmm. We've, we've got about 50 bales They'll of They'll eat baleage. twice as much dry hay as they would baleage. We've got 50 though. bales of baleage. We've got a 50, 48 bales of dry hay. That wasn't, that wasn't half of the field. We could easily, in two cuts end up with more than 100 bales of baleage mm-hmm. and and 300 or more bales of dry hay. Mm-hmm. There's plenty there to do that. Totally. 
And I think this year we don't need all of that because oh, we Oh, isn't that go. interesting? We went from you being nervous that we didn't have enough hay for one cow <laughs> to going, we have enough hay for three cows. No, we have enough to be able, because the one cow is not going to eat a lot of hay at the start, especially because she's going to be nursing. They're going to be nursing he or she. So there's always going to be that like interim period. But there's going to be about a six-month overlap where you're feeding effectively three cows. Mm-hmm. Well, and I was thinking about this. Just, so I was that's thinking... just taking care of your own beef yeah, and, and, and keeping a cow in milk for most of the year. So a couple things. I was thinking about when we would butcher Lionel. And I was thinking, so Ruby is going to be inseminated within the next couple months. So let's say that we have her inseminated by August. Let's call it September at the latest. They just date for nine months. So September, October, November, December, January, February, March, April, May. We might as well keep him for the summer. Because by the time May rolls around, we can get him back out onto the pasture. It's not costing us anything to keep him. Correct, but I don't know. We'll have to do some more fencing. You want... If he's not going to get bigger... That's when you want him in the freezer. Right. But knowing that he's part beef. The question I is, think, will he keep getting bigger? I think he will. That's the thing that you don't know for sure. But yeah, we need a scale. Um, You can get like a girth measurement for them. And do an estimation off it. Yeah. So you measure like under their withers kind of thing. Go ahead. <laughs> well, we're going to have to like pin him down to get his nuts off sooner that, rather than later, please and thank you. So I say we're going to the rodeo this weekend. We'll pick up a nice <laughs> should, rope. And... We should just take him. Yeah. <laughs> Calf hey, scramble. Can you, guys, can you guys take care of this one for us while we're here? He'll fit in the back of the car. <laughs> can you imagine? Oh, man. It's like sand, that's, that is the epitome of sand to the beach. Bringing a fucking bull oh, calf to a rodeo. Bull to the rodeo. <laughs> um... Yeah, so, and then my next question for you is, um, when we, when it's time to get Ruby inseminated, do we get her inseminated with beef sperm again? Same thing, I think. Yeah. That's a pretty good system. That (laughs) animal, I just worry about her ability to, to carry that again, like to do that again. Because I think that birth was, I mean, she did it, but it was hard on her. She she wouldn't have done been able to do that by herself. So if we weren't present when that happened, then it, we could have had devastating outcome. We could have both lost both both of them. Yeah. And I I'm not sure. I want to take that risk. So I I don't know. Like when you're looking at picking the the sire do they bring a binder maybe i don't like i think you'd pick it online i don't know i don't know how i want a binder and i want photos and i want i don't what know. They, i want their I want likes a, and their dislikes i want his credit score <laughs> I want his, um yeah i don't know i don't know how that process goes i haven't really started digging into it too much because we're just not there yet i i haven't had to spend any brain power on that yet but it's i'm gonna have to soon um why are you laughing? Because it's just hilarious, the idea of like picking out what you're going to... Picking out your cow's baby daddy? <laughs> so we're going to have to figure that out and decide what we want to do. I don't know if you can get like... Is there miniature Angus? 
<laughs> I think that is the exact opposite of what Angus means. <laughs> I don't know. And I don't even know what kind of um, beef cows Brad has. It's to a eat question we can ask. Yeah. So, I don't know. We have to start t- turning our thoughts to that soon. Um, I don't want to think about it. I don't want to think about, like, getting her inseminated. Like... Just give her some time. Like she's just getting the motherhood thing figured out and now we're going to get her knocked up again. But yeah, but she's not forced to be milking twice a day like, Yeah, and pushed out with the herd and hanging out. And I mean, she's got a heck of a, it's the easy life. She doesn't know that though. This is just her life. This is just how she lives. So do you want to get an abused cow and introduce <laughs> them so she knows how bad it is? Like... <laughs> We're not starting a cow rescue. This is not happening. This is like a Dr. Phil episode when you send your kids off to like boot camp. Scared straight. (laughs) Milked straight. I don't know. What's the. Stop. Uh, Do you have a question? No. Um, We haven't talked about the gym at all, but we are testing some new programming in the gym this this past couple weeks. So last week we did um, Rich Froning's programming. Mayhem. Um, from mayhem. It certainly and it is. It was very America, very freedom. His different, the tracks, I don't know if you saw this, but the tr- the different tracks of programming were freedom, liberty, and independence. What's the name of their teams? I'm just saying the names of the tracks of their programming were like very America. So I leaned into it. And every time I did the, the whiteboard write up, I made it all stars and stripes and blue and red and yeah some of our members um really enjoyed it the feedback was good it was a lot it was a lot of volume it was a a lot of I think it was like zero to a hundred like we went from fairly like lackadaisical to like full speed ahead with mayhem and then this week we're testing comp train which is Ben Bergeron's programming which I am very partial to. I really like this week so far. Um, I like Ben Bergeron as a human being. My oh, I was talking to Cass about it, and my reservation was: is this going to be Comp Train like we know Comp Train from way back in the day online, or is this like going it. to be, or is this going to be a CFNE? Like, is it going to be like because we went to class there? That mm-hmm. was like that looked nothing like what they were publishing for Comp Train stuff. Like we um, went and it was DT was the workout the one day. Yeah. And that's not what you would see on comp train. Comp train would be like the finisher on Friday adding DT after a Metcon and a strength portion. No. So I think it's it's what CFNE has programmed in their gym. Yeah. Like it's if it's affiliate program. And that was my answer. I said, I, I said, if it's like their online, so the old comp train stuff where it was like literally the competitors level no. training. I'm like, that's not what we're looking no. for. I said, if it's like CFNE, I would be behind that because my pick is very the, much. My, the, I was always leaning towards to keep with the theme of a lot of the GPP stuff like we always had from Spiel. Slow down a little bit. GPP is general, general prepared. General physical prepared. General physical preparedness. Be so, ready for anything. Yeah, which is that like instead of these like biased programs towards any one thing, that's more well-rounded. And I thought that the Spiel stuff was was had been doing a great job of that. And that's yeah. where I'm looking at it from the outside, knowing what a lot of the programmers were programmed like. You hear people go, oh, I like Outlaw. Oh, I like Misfit, da-da-da-da-da, Mayhem, whatever it is. 
I always liked that GPP roundness, and I know that that was followed through one in CAP, the affiliate programming stuff that's released by HQ, because they make sure that, because they are writing programming to the letter of like CrossFit, but they teach at CrossFit level ones. Right. So it's structured for a group class is what yeah. you're saying. Yeah, yeah it, it's, it's, it's exactly tailored to what they say you should do to get well-rounded programming. Now it does have some little like nudges here and there. Like for a while, they brought in a lot of dumbbells. For a while, they brought in a lot of gymnastics. Um, that was my my preference. Would I would I said, um, cap or linchpin because I know like because Pat Sherwood was a level one guy. Yeah, I think I, linchpin is going to be a little bit too light because linchpin um ends up looking like uh I don't have a ton of time. I want to get some work in, and it's a fifteen minute slammer. Stop. It's also not available on SugarWad. So then we'd be asking our members to learn how to use a completely different app. And I think that would end up looking like Beyond the Whiteboard, which is very data-driven, yeah. very specific. And I think it's going to be a hard sell. Um, I mean, obviously people will do it, but then they lose all of their metrics. Then they lose all of their... There's you have a, to port all that data in. There's but, a way to move it over. and I mean... So... So far, I know it's only been two weeks. I really like the comp train stuff because it feels like it's a happy medium between the mayhem stuff, which and and to give mayhem a bit of a fair shake, they were we jumped in on their trial week on um, a test week for them. So they're starting a new cycle of programming. So last week was a test week. So we tested uh, front squat. No. Like we did squat dead and bench press last week, plus pretty hectic wads, like sprints. It was a lot. This week, it feels a little bit more like what we're used to, but with the intensity that's been missing. So I really like that. Still not fitting nice and tidy inside the hour and the accessory work seems to be getting left well, to the wayside. We were at CFNU. We did the immersion course. That kind of fits what they were. Is they always start five minutes late. They always yeah. end five minutes early. And the stuff is like the coach demos the stuff and says, see you guys later. Like, yeah. It's called the after party. Yeah. Their accessory work is called the after party. I kind of like that. And I get it. The problem is like it doesn't fit a lot of what our, how our members see the gym. Well, and it's it's not the way that we've done things up until this point. So mm -hmm. asking people to stay later when you have back-to-back -back classes, like it, that's going to be a bit of a culture shift. And that's okay. Like, that's okay if that happens. Um, but I think I really appreciated coach-led accessory work because accessory work is really important for preventing injury. It's that that prehab sort of take care of your hips, shoulders, and midline kind of stuff. So you're not getting junky shoulders. You're not getting a sore back. You're not getting, you know, hips, hip and knee issues. So I don't know. I appreciated the coach-led accessory work. So we'll have to... Maybe Upon assess. hearing that, I think CFNU is the way, or the uh, comp train is the way to go. Yeah. We still have a couple more programs that we want to test. We want to test um, CAP, which is the CrossFit Affiliate Programming. I got to figure out how to get that put on SugarWad because I can't find anywhere that you can do it. You just go to the marketplace. I've done all those things. Oh. I don't know how to get it done for free mm. because we're an affiliate. Or just shoot HQ a message. I'll figure it out. But um, and I then we also, we want to look at linchpin, but I don't know. I don't think it's going to be a good fit. And then um, the last one that we want to look at is Jason Kalipa's stuff, NC, NC fit. fit. So 
just kind of shopping around some new programs, kind of seeing what members like and getting feedback from them each week. So we started a, a member channel that everybody can share their thoughts, which I think is really important. But we also have some, we'll take member opinion into consideration when we're choosing the winner. Um, but then we also need to take in like the the other like back-end administrative sort of stuff. We have to, that gets voted that weighs heavily in the vote, right? Because like coaches get multiple votes. Um. Well, yeah, and I think they maybe carry a little bit more weight. Like looking at the mayhem stuff, there would be there would be a lot of um, back end stuff that. Oh, I just kicked my boot off. <laughs> um, there would have to be a lot of back end stuff when I put the programming in each week. Whereas Comp Train, it's so much cleaner. Like it's so much tidier. Yeah, when I loaded the one la- lo- loaded sugar one last week, I'm like, "What is all this extra crap on yeah, here?" Yeah, it's a lot because they put everything right out in the open. Whereas, like Comp Train and Spiel had that hidden in the coaches' notes, mm-hmm. like the warm ups and everything yeah. were inside the coaches' notes. So you, when you when you pull up the gym, you're like, "Okay, so we've got this Metcon today. We got you know whatever Fran today, and here's my accessory work. That's what I have to do." They know when they come, they're gonna get all the warm up and everything all done for them. But then they see this like giant list of stuff, and they're like, Ooh. "Yeah." You know what we didn't talk about? We'll have to save it because we're over an hour now. But um, Jess and Jen borrowed our yeah. chicken equipment. Forty birds. And they cleaned out some birds. And Man, I'm jealous. I'd love to have a day to be able to do forty birds, but processing's our backlog. Listen, don't wish for someone else's life. We're doing it our way. Yeah. Looking at that new new uh, that new uh, counter too. Hey, did you did you bid on that sink? No, that's what I'm saying. That that it's not up for auction yet. Oh, it, it's open, but it's like there's another week left or something on it. Hmm. So. That's a really cool table. It's a really good workbench. <laughs> Slide I it hope. All down. I hope you can get it. As I said, I wanted to after watching that one Salatin video, watching him process birds. A, I'm looking forward to doing it, Ang, because I learned some new tricks with a knife. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, the, he was doing it on. I was telling you this earlier. Doing it on. They had this little trailer set up for. Put, processing it i don't want to do a trailer because we're not going to really leave with it but i would love to do it on a pallet yeah to Get everything make it like easier stations down on a pallet so you just like instead of having to clean up all this stuff we could just have keep this kind of tucked away in the drive shed just pick it up bring it out set it where you're going to do all your processing you yeah. do your birds i would have like a power bar connected to it like, which would be great because right now i mean not right now because jess and jen have our equipment but like before they, they picked it up like kicking around it was just on the other side of the house where we plug it into this the hose and there, it just it's mayhem over there there's like buckets all over the place yeah. and it just needs to be tidied up add so. it to the list hey do you want to go to bed and watch abundance plus <laughs> <laughs> yes okay let's shut her down we legit watch that a lot now I it's been not, a little while hasn't, but. we haven't watched it for a while i've been watching trashy trashy tv blow deck Okay, there, there's the question. There's the question. Okay, super quick. What is your guilty pleasure? Like your show to watch? Like the show that you're like, this is so dumb, but I love it. I don't know. I mean, I've, I've ripped through all of those Jack Reacher shows. Like a two season, the one season, and then they have two movies as well. Tom Cruise plays Jack Reacher, which I didn't know was weird, but um, I don't know. I don't know. Well, the Red Green Show. I've been watching. I was watching a lot of Red Green Show for a while, and Dukes of Hazard is the other one. Yeah. 
so problematic. I figured out I got the entire Dukes of Hazard set on this file server downstairs. So. See, I like to watch reality TV. So I like to watch um, like the trashy reality TV shows like Homestead Rescue is a good one. Farmhouse Facelift. Well, the Homestead Rescue is kind of, but there's it's some of those other ones where people like building off grid and stuff like that that I was like super into. Yeah. You don't watch those much anymore. I've watched um, them all. But my like guilty pleasure, my trashy TV guilty pleasure is Below Deck. I like the sailing yacht one best. I like the cast of the sailing yacht one. It's fun. There you have it, folks. Screw the crew. <laughs> That's the hashtag. Hashtag screw the crew. <laughs> all right. See you next week. <laughs>